Hello, welcome to How to Win the Lottery, Season 7 Graphic Content, Episode 8, This One Summer by Mariko Tamaki and Jillian Tamaki. I'm Joey Lewandowski. It's your boy Shreds. Shreds, happy summer vacation. We are here in January and it is summertime. Living's easy. Why is it summertime? Well, this one summer. Oh, okay. Duh. <laughs> when you asked that, I was like, are you serious? Are you joking? And he looked, looked in a way that he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm a fool. You know, I didn't make any sense when I was making mm-hmm. the intro. Um, have you ever gone away? Have you? Okay. No. Have you? Did, growing up, did you ever go to a place and have a friend that you only knew in that place? No. Really? Well, I, I mean, uh, uh, he, like a friend you would return to. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. A friend that okay, you would... so I have friends. I have friends in Montreal. Okay. But I grew up with one of them in New Jersey. Okay. And then she moved to Montreal, and then we would go up to visit their family because my parents were really, mm, really okay, close okay. friends with their parents. So we go up and visit her, and then through her, I became friends with a couple of her friends. Gotcha. Too. So you did kind of have that. Uh-huh. I don't think I ever had that, but I would have like like my mom would do, like before my mom like my mom was working and she left her job to like raise me and my sister and then when we got old enough she went back to work so but in those in between years she would do like you know typical like 90s stay-at-home mom type jobs or like she would sell Tupperware she would sell whatever like whatever and I always remember that they were like children of people she would go like see or whatever like every couple of months that I would like hang out with for an afternoon I'm like that was the closest they ever got to and I'm like we're not really friends but we're kind of friends so it's weird I don't know, but I never had like this where it's like there's a vacation spot that you go to and you spend like a week or whatever with someone that you don't see the rest and of the then, year. And then we'll see you next summer. This reminded me, though, of a movie that I loved and I watched it again. And I'm like, this is not nearly as good. And I think it's a movie you hate mm-hmm. the way, way back. Not a fan. Right. But I think it's that, that kind of thing where it's like you always go to the same place. You have the same house yeah. or whatever. This is our summer vacation. These are your summer friends. Mm-hmm. This is the summer beach. It's like home away from home, but not. Yeah. What is this one summer about? It's a slice of life. End of thought? No, it's. I mean, it's about a, a, a young girl mm-hmm. who um, goes to a Canadian beach town. Mm-hmm. Awago. Awago. And while she's there, she deals with some strife in her parents' marriage mm-hmm. and her own, like, growing up. And she has a very close friend who is a year and a half younger than she is, which, and she is at the age during which a year and a half gap between friends is it's massive. Enormous. Yeah. There's nothing more awkward to me than being, not, this is no exaggeration, but, like, than being on vacation with your family and them fighting while you're away it's like it feels different like when you're at home mm-hmm. you could like there's places you could hide or you could go to or whatever like they're gonna get through it but on vacation it's like i don't know what to do it's like i actually don't know i actually don't have that because my parents never really fought but i have been with other people's families Ooh. while they fought mm. and that is fucking wild yeah it's really unpleasant because then you're just like i am powerless in this circle well because I, I think even though a vacation is supposed to be like just have fun for a week it is so stressful mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. and there's something like just charged about like we need to make the most of these 10 days mandatory fun 
And I remember like the one that, you know, my grandparents were like always the nicest people because as grandparents are. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time we were on vacation with them and my grandfather was just having a bad morning. And and, like I saw him be angry in a way that like I had never seen before or since. I'm just like, oh, and it's just weird. Right. It's just like, oh, no. And I never was on a vacation where like a family member left the vacation like the dad does in this. But that feeling that like. It's not your fault. It's not your whatever, but like that's sort of secondhand, secondhand shame or embarrassment. Just this like, is like a very emotionally thorny book. Like I, when, when reading it, it's like, I can't necessarily relate to these emotions. They are all, they're the emotions of a girl entering puberty. Mm-hmm. They're the emotions of a family with experiences that I've never experienced. They're the emotions of, um, you know, just stuff that is pretty far outside of my realm. And yet, mm-hmm. I felt everything in this book profoundly and deeply, and I was just, like, on board the entire – I loved this book. I told you. So when we did the intro, this is this a book that you had known about, or is this one that Heather recommended? I didn't know about this. I know I um, – We the Tamakis. Yeah, we had talked about – Heather had said we, we should do a young adult book. Yes. Because – it's such a huge genre yes. of comics. And she had recommended uh, Raina Talgemeier. Is that an author? Yeah. Okay. Which um, she's ma- she's massive. She's very, very popular. Um, and I looked at that stuff and I was like, um, this does seem a little young for us. But I knew Mariko Tamaki. Mm-hmm. Because I had read her She-Hulk run. Oh. And so – but but this is like so different from the idea of superhero comics. But I was like I'm, I'm into the idea of reading something by her that's like – Not that. Yeah. And and uh, I'm pretty sure that Heather recommended uh, – I think this one in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say we reached out to Mariko to be on here and she is too busy. She couldn't. But she sent us – I just want to give her – this is nothing to the book – the sweetest decline email we may ever get where she was like, it sounds like you have a wonderful podcast. Here's some other people to talk about the book. I'm like, you were going above and beyond. You're wonderful. Yeah. So just shout, if, in case she's listening, shout out to you. You're wonderful. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Um, yeah. So when we were on the intro episode with Heather and we were talking about this and you said something to the effect of, I think Joey's going to love this because he has the tastes of a 16 year old girl. Yeah. And you texted me this morning saying, I love this book. I'm like, yeah, man. Well, girl stuff is good. You may also remember that I was, um, dunking on me. No. Physically and verbally. No, I qualified that by saying that it was not a condemnation. No, no, no. And, I know. and, and I said that I think that, um, there is no more slighted taste than that of the, uh, that of the teen girl, um, who are like very unfairly maligned. Yes, um, because people will often use that as an insult when it's like, you know, they got as uh, yeah, you know, they're cooler than like fucking metalheads. Oh, <laughs> or like like pick pick a genre. Like they're you know. So, you know, there's no, there's no venom behind that. I also think for as specific to the coming of age female experience as this is. Yeah. I don't think there's anything specific to this that would preclude or exclude boys from enjoying this too. For sure. 
I think it's very much just a, your parents don't understand you. Yeah. Your friends might not even understand you. You don't even know what's going on in your own body. Like if you like this boy or not, like anything like that, it feels universal in a way that seems so difficult to do, but yeah. also like it seems like it should be the easiest thing in the world, and we know it's not the easiest. Thing well, in the, the world. yeah, and 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 it's not the easiest thing in the world because it goes against all your storytelling instincts, which are like let's make this broad, let's make this into something that other people can relate to by by keeping it as abstract as possible. When yes. the reality is that you access that by being as specific as possible, because when you are specific, just like when you're specific with like your requests like a grocery list or something like that like you can just more accurately render that feeling you can more accurately render the thing that you're asking for right so like by being so specific about like here's this girl dealing with this thing then we can go Okay, so I don't know that, but I know the tension of parents fighting and I know the the um I know the feeling of making my parents fighting about me, and I know the feeling of knowing that that's wrong but doing it anyway, yep. and the guilt that comes with that that just exacerbates all of those bad feelings and yep. becomes so complicated that you don't know what to do with yourself and you just want to run away and scream. Yes. Right? I, I, like, but you're powerless and you have nowhere to go. Yes, because you're a kid and mm-hmm. because you you don't have independence or freedom and you're relying on the people that you're angry with yes. who themselves don't seem like adults anymore because they are laid to waste by their very, very intense emotions. And it's like all so understandable and rendered so beautifully that it's hard. If you don't like this book, you're a sucker. You, you got no soul. I also think what really is beautiful about the storytelling here is that the entire book you're like you're you're sympath you're sympathizing empathizing with Rose the main character because you're just like this seems like I've been there and I'm I feel bad and you're having a miserable experience right yeah and then at the end you get the like not it's not like a chapter but like you get the conversation between the moms and you find out what's actually going on you're like oh holy shit like there's actually something it's not just right. like you know, she's busy or she's, you know, fighting or whatever. It's like she had a miscarriage last summer. It's a big deal. Like in this, while they were on this trip and there's just something that's just like, oh no, like there's more. But like when you spend the first like 250 pages or whatever in Rose's mind, you're like, parents just don't understand. It's just like, yeah, parents going through shit too. Yeah. And there's something just like so profoundly like the timing of that mm-hmm. and the magnitude of that. And also just like the, how common it is. Yeah. It's just like, oh wow. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. Something that I've, that I've, Something I've talked about before in complaint mm-hmm. about things. I think mm-hmm. I think maybe in specific complaint about the TV show Euphoria, um, but also in complaint about teen anything, teen sex comedies, teen yeah. teen dramas, teen whatever, um, is that they inevitably are inaccurate because they're not written by teenagers. Yeah. Right. So so they 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 view teenageness through the prism of adulthood. It's a 40-year-old dude being like, well, what is an 18-year-old girl speak like? Yeah. Now, one way that this book gets around that is through empathy with the parents, Mm -hmm. right? So so there is an empathy with the parents in this book that is apparent to the reader that is not apparent to Rose, right? Because she can't access that. Mm -hmm. And so we are viewing this through – the Tamaki's point of view as adults, 
I don't know. I, this is I. I'm not speculating on this being autobiographical right, or, right. or whatever. But I'm saying that they they looking back are accessing this idea of childhood selfishness, but they're putting that access of childhood selfishness in proper perspective as people who have who can reflect probably on their yeah. own acts of selfishness, where the parents are backgrounded, and now we look at this and we go like, man, just like like as a forty year old, I'm just like. Cut those adults some slack. Like yeah. they're they're really like going through. But also it. on the other on the flip side, uh, those adults. So Rose does not know what it's like to be a mom. Yeah, but the mom knows exactly what it's like to be a fourteen year old girl, and is and is not and like, is not cutting her any slack, right? Yeah. And like I know that she's dealing with something that's like like Rose is just you know the world doesn't understand me. Like nothing really is going wrong in her life other mm-hmm. than like the thing that everybody goes through. Yeah, the mom is dealing with actual trauma, but still could also cut rose like it, that's why i think it works so well like it's yeah, just yeah yeah it's it's very like i feel like stories people often you know this is no shade to anything that we've read in the past because we just spent an entire episode talking about a book about monsters that we both thought was beautiful mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and had all the complexities of it but it's like i think oftentimes when people are writing they think they have to include these unbelievably dramatic things you know guns and 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 uh monsters and outer space and all these things but it's like you know the the mysteries of human emotion are still Mm -hmm. infinitely explorable and and like a lot of it is is still like if not uncharted um not articulated properly often so so this is doing a really good job i think of locating something so specific about childhood that you know it really it really is heartrending. I think what's also nice about like the specific title with with regards to that, like this one summer, like if Rose thinks back as an adult like to the summer, to like maybe the summer when mom saved a girl's life, like yeah, that might be the yeah, only yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. she's not going to remember that the dad left probably for a couple of days. She might, but like it's that's you know whatever. Unless the unless like that leads to the parents' divorce, which I don't think. Whatever. No, no, no. You get the sense that everything's going to be okay, or that, or I do anyway. Or you know, it's not the summer where she like had a crush because like she she and the boy never do anything, or like the other girl that she doesn't really know is maybe pregnant or whatever. If, if she remembers anything about this, is like my mom saved a girl's life, but like even that might fade away. It's just like this is just going to be a week, and it feels like the end of the world to her, but it's you know. Yeah, because when you're a kid, all those emotions pile high yeah. and you and they're overwhelming. You don't know what to do with them. And you don't have enough. You don't there, there's not enough time in your life. You haven't made enough um you ha- you don't have enough time and experience to know that things pass because one week of one summer is such a large percentage of your life. Yes. So it's it does feel like forever. It does feel like it's stretched out and like this this yearning or suffering or tension is never going to go away. Yep. I like this book from the very beginning. I think the art is very nice. I want to say, yeah, I want to say like specifically like um, uh, the, the there's lots of art of of landscapes, of trees mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. that. And it is like absolutely gorgeous. But I knew that I was in really good hands. How many pages in is this? Is there page numbers? 70 pages in. It's so like, you know, a quarter of the way through. Mm-hmm. When we have Wendy dancing. And I'm like, this is some straight up Calvin and Hobbes shit. Like this yeah, is just yeah, yeah, Calvin yeah. and Hobbes dancing with the musical notes around. Uh-huh. And like whether they're tapping into that intentionally or accidentally or just coincidentally, I'm like, 
the joy this page connotes yeah. is exactly the same joy as like Calvin, like Calvin with the sunglasses on and him and Hobbes dancing like to the same exact thing. I'm just like, this yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. And I also like, I think that that's a great like single um, image capture of Wendy as a personality. Yeah. Like she's such a likable, lovable little kid mm-hmm. that when Rose gets mad at her, you're, you're you're like ah, what are you doing? Like, like, <laughs> like you understand why, but it's also like Wendy like just put your windy. put your anger somewhere else. Yeah. There's, she's she's just a kid. Why are you picking on her? But that's also exactly why because yes. she is a yeah, kid, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like why can't I have a friend that's not yeah. a year and a half younger than me? Yeah. Why does she have to be embarrassing? But then but then she's so sweet to her the, to win her back when she's digging the hole, mm-hmm. and then they start talking about boobs again, and then and then she chastises her like this is a public beach. So you have that callback that's yeah. like so so sweet. Well, we also talked about, and I was going to say uh, whatever, but, you know, we love Coyote Dog Girl for the first line being shit. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the last line of this book? Boobies, yeah. Boobs would be cool. Oh, boobs would be cool, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so funny. And so, like, again, like, the, the the like, actual drama of it. I guess the most dramatic thing is that a girl does try to commit suicide and the mom saves her. Yep. But that is so backgrounded to Rose's drama, which is yes. the way that life is, right? Mm-hmm. It's the quiet moments that that we like the moment that the dad walks her outside to count stars. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad making the jokes that he makes about like wiping his ass with the corn. Um, her getting mad at Wendy. Them watching the horror movies together because it's like who can't relate to that? Who can't yep. relate to like watching that shit before you're supposed to and being and the mom being like, "What's this about? Oh, it's about campers. They're camping." Yeah, yeah. Um, like so, it's just so good on every page. This is also, you know, so like the one of the things that like keeps popping up when you like Google this or like the wiki or whatever is that like this was one of the top 10 most challenged books of that year. Challenged by whom? They're like, this is inappropriate for young girls or sexual content or whatever. Like, so do you know, as we're recording this past week, uh, the Scholastic Book Fair like completely changed and like coward, coward shit, coward shit. Get the fuck out of here. But do you know, I think I have this number right. It is 10 people or 11 people who are guilty. I will say guilty. It's the wrong word, but guilty guilty of like 65% of banned books that these like 10 people in the world are just like, people shouldn't read this. Yeah. Just like stupid assholes. Get fucked. (laughs) Get fucked. Uh, But I can't imagine not – if I I had like – if I had – I mean I guess specifically a daughter, but if I had a kid – that was, uh, I don't know, 10, 11. Like, I would give them this book for sure and say, like, you read this. It's it's good for you. Oh, no, you're going to learn that, like, sometimes women miscarry and sometimes, like, you know, there's accidental pregnancy. Like, it's, it, I can see, like, where people are like, I don't want my kid. But it's just like, it's it's not like that's why like, we have these things so that kids can learn. And and, and you, so ha- you, you have the conversation with them. But like they should know about this. It's like, you know, like um, there was a, a person who complained a lot a couple of years ago because there was a character on Sesame Street, a new a new Muppet on Sesame Street that was part of a foster family. And they were really mad because they were like depicting like non-traditional families, like which is like. Do you think that foster kids don't watch fucking Sesame Street? Like, of course those kids want to see themselves right. represented on television. Right. What the fuck is the matter with you? You, yeah. you only want kids from kids who are all like kids who are in the the least challenging environment yeah. to be represented on television. Like, no, those kids need to look on TV, see see kids and, in foster and see care. That things can be okay, and and also go like, oh, like I'm not like 
I'm weird. weird. This is not yeah. me. Mm-hmm. This is not, it's not just me. There's millions of people that are like this. Yep. And and like the idea that you can ignore every everyday like first of all like miscarriage specifically yep. is something that really really needs to be normalized mm-hmm. talking about yes. just because so many people suffer miscarriages or have miscarriages i don't even know if suffer is the proper word for it like ha- so many people have miscarriages and like keeping that as like a quote unquote secret shame yep. is the sort of thing that dramatizes it and makes it more painful and for every single yep. person mm-hmm, involved mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so something like this which 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 shows like how how it can affect a family and how like all parties involved are deserving of empathy mm-hmm. and and all that stuff like to to say like well maybe kids shouldn't read this it's like well what like what do you want kids to read right what is what is preferable just the 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 boxcar children aren't those kids homeless <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I don't traditional family values. I, I, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember the boxcar children that well. Um, it's only in my brain because Heather brought it up in the intro episode. The, the title makes me think that they're homeless. Though they live in a boxcar, or yeah, but I think they have a grandma or something. I don't know, okay. it doesn't matter. All right, but like, yeah, I, I just don't like. Yeah, this being part of some banned yeah. books list is is honestly at this point a point of pride. Like it, you should be pissing yeah. off those people. You, those those ten uh, fucking demons mm-hmm. should uh, absolutely get fucked. I agree. I'm sorry for the for the language. On, no, you, on, you're, on you're a more, you're more riled up about this than I think any other book. <laughs> on, but I'm sorry for the language on a on a on a book that like, is on a YA like, book. yeah, essentially for kids. Um, but you know, not for kids for for everyone. We're not normally like this. We're normally way cooler. <laughs> Yeah, I just it's like it's a sore. I, I feel like that's a very sore spot. So I think okay. Let's, so let's talk about the art. Yeah, um, it's it's largely. I know that I'm maybe wrong about this, but like largely one color, right? Like it's like a dark blue kind of right. It's like shades of dark blue, but it's it's high not contrast, high contrast. It's not exactly alike to anything else we've covered, but it's not entirely dissimilar from like the seeds or no longer human. I would say in the that closest, like it's not yeah, the, fully the, colored. The closest is no longer human. But no longer human is using is is using photorealism. Everything's in perspective. This is much uh more in in some ways cartoonish. Although although there is a stark difference in a way that like uh Dave Sims and, and Gerhardt have a stark difference between the characters in Cerebus and the backgrounds in Cerebus. You have backgrounds that are very much photorealistic in this. And then uh, the characters themselves. They're more like impressionistic almost? Or yeah, like more cartoony. Yeah. But beautiful all the way through in every every direction. There's no, you know. I think it's funny, just to change the subject, not to change the subject, but to change the subject, where they like, go to the historic heritage museum while on vacation. It's like, no, that's school shit. Like don't, don't do yeah, that. Parents I'm... do that all the time to people, to kids. Do you know, you, you never had to do that shit on vacation. I don't think so. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't, I can't deal with you for a day. Like just go get distracted. Yeah. Or, or like the idea of like adults vacation is different from kids vacation. Cause it'd be like, we're going to Gettysburg. And it's just like, I don't want to go to Gettysburg right. or we're going on the historic trail in Boston. That kids, is, th- there's a weird thing in life where you're like, I don't want to go to a museum. And like, you're just pointing like, the thing I want to do the most is go to a museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's no explanation. Just like at a certain point, you're like, I think maybe once you're not like forced to learn anymore, like there's certain people just like, 
Oh no, I, I want to learn. Yeah, there are music. I, I always loved the Natural History Museum, um, and I always loved art museums. But like, yeah, there was definitely like historical things that my dad would take us to, and I would just be like, "Ooh, I don't want to be here right now. No way. No or thank you. ever. Yeah, yeah. And I still wouldn't go to do those things now. So that hasn't changed at all. Yeah. I don't know that I have a ton more to say about this. I really liked it. Well, what about the what about the kids, the the teens, as as juxtaposition with the uh, Rose and Wendy. Uh, well, I, not to answer that question, but to sort of answer that question, I think it's very funny that toward the end, like it seems like the end of summer, like the adult comes back or maybe just like a different shift or whatever. The adult is at the convenience store and like the, the kind of cool, like low key, like renting R rated movies to kids or like, you know, on credit or whatever. The guy's just like, what do you think you're doing? He has such a funny line too. what, what it, can you, can you pull that section up? I remember there, like the part, I think there's only maybe one part in this entire book that made me laugh out loud, but it was when the adult was running the convenience store. Cause it does. Yeah. 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 At the, at the bottom, the kid is wearing a, the man, oh, the right. legend yes, shirt. Yes, yes. And the, the guy that's running the convenience store just goes, nice shirt, scumbag. <laughs> and that, that made me laugh out loud. And he just goes, whatever. <laughs> um, and then, Oh, and then the next page, the guy, the guy says, whatever. And the guy goes, sorry. Um, yeah, because I think like what's nice about this is that it's a, it's the kind of like kids running the world in a way that only feels like it happens in the summer, like an Adventureland kind of thing, where it's just like these yeah. kids have too much power. Like there's no power really, but it's like these kids are like in charge of a thing that maybe they shouldn't be. And then the guy comes back at the end and just like, all right, party's over, kids. But also there's this sense of danger where they like are – it's not real danger, but like when they're like, you know, interacting with the teens, like – yeah, you, you feel like I don't know. Like, get away from those. Well, actually, I, get I, away from those adult kids. I want to read Egg's email because Egg's email. I, I read the first line when it came in, and it touches on that. So we have an yeah. email address: lottery at cageclub.me. Meg's reaction to this one summer. I like this book, she says, and this I think might be the difference between a male reader and a female reader, possibly. But I feel like I spent most of this book worried one of the girls was going to get in a dangerous sexual situation. To the point where it almost took me out of the yeah. experience mm-hmm. of reading it. Mm-hmm. I think I might try and reread it before I have to return to the library and see if I like it more without that distraction. I wanted the book to be about the be less about the teenager subplot and more about the two friends just existing together for the summer. But I also would have loved to have read a graphic novel that was completely from the parents' perspective. All in all, a cute little novel. Yeah, I um, you know, it reminded me of eighth grade a little bit. Okay, um, because. There's a scene in that movie where she's in the car with the boy and you're just like, holy fuck. It just like that, that scene just like feels like, like, I remember being in theaters and it felt like someone was stepping on my chest when I was watching it. And I was just like, so afraid that something was going to happen to this sweet girl. And this, you get a little bit of that. You, you get like, like this is a dangerous circumstance for these kids to be in. But I never really, I never really thought something like that was going to happen. I, th- I think and again, this might just be because I'm a boy and I'm not, you know, it's, yeah, it's a different yeah, yeah. thing, right? Uh, and I don't sure. want to invalidate or whatever. But I think because we're following Rose and Rose seemingly has a crush on this boy, on the dud, in her mind, she's like, oh, this is a possibility. But if we see from their perspective, like these are just like children. Little kids that they're not interacting with at all. Like that- they're not even seeing them as like 
Unless yeah. it's a totally different story, like as possibility of like, like this kid is dealing with like maybe a girl that he got pregnant. Like he's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and they're they're massive signifiers of his adulthood, like him smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? Which are not actually signifiers of adulthood, but like maybe signifiers of pretending to adulthood. But if you figure like if if Windy is like eleven or twelve and Rose is like thirteen or fourteen or whatever, and these kids are like sixteen or seventeen, like if there's a gap between Rose and Windy, the gap between them and like the older kids is like even more drastic to the point where just like, yeah. yes, it's terrifying. But I don't think I think we only think that there's like fear there or danger there because we see from her perspective that like something might happen. Yeah. Whereas if again we saw from his perspective, it'd just be like, oh, these well, kids come yeah, around. These, are she, these annoying little kids. The, you know, whatever. When she writes in the dust on the thing that she, I think she's cheating, and then he catches her in the backyard. That was the point when I was like, uh oh, like something really here might happen. But then she gets like saved by the bell because somebody else shows up, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, this, I think this is my favorite thing that we've covered so far, which is interesting. Um, I wouldn't have expected that before, before we started reading. Uh, but it really like, what I, a good run, man. I, I had a, a real like adults looking out for kids reaction to this, where I was like, if, yeah. if these little girls were in my life, I would be so worried about them and, and want to be protective of their feelings. Yeah. And that's an interesting that's an interesting emotion to 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 catch. I'm excited because we've had I think so far six of six really good books. Six for six. The next one is I think the one you were most looking forward to before we start, which is Asterius Polyp. But also maybe the one that we might whiff on. Who knows? And then we have three things that you've read that you really like. What or no, you at least two Kingdom Come, Prison Pit, King and Ragnarok. Rock. Yeah, I haven't read Ragnarok. But that feels like it's a strong like we could go knock on wood. 10 for 10, which would be unprecedented. We haven't done 10 for 10 before. Uh, so you didn't like Giles. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of like a perfect season. Yeah. We can figure this off out. No, there are definitely a boy who loves trains. Not great. <laughs> the boy, the boy in his trains. Yeah. Uh, Giles. And then what was the other, the internet season novelist? Like there's stuff that I didn't love, right? I know that you like, you, you love the novelist, but there's stuff I'm just like, mm. but I think so far, Six or six, like we both at yeah, least yeah. really liked yeah, yeah. all of them, which is remarkable. Yeah. So also that's the benefit of like a broader theme. It's just like graphic novels. Uh, yeah. As opposed to like graphic novels about Swamp Things. Yeah, we could do a pretty good module about graphic novels about Swamp Things, though, I think. <laughs> there's there's a good run in there. Anything else you want to say? Could, this obviously could be adapted because there's movies yeah, we talked about. I would, that, like, love, I would love to see this adapted. I And I don't know, like... This feels like sadly, and I don't mean this kind of like it feels like it, the thing that like would go on Amazon Prime, which is like yeah, for sure doesn't feel like a theater movie yeah, because yeah. like that's a shifting thing. I, anymore. I don't know if it, I don't know if an adaptation of this would catch it in the same way. Um, no, it, so I think the I think to a certain extent like the way way back is similar, but it's not good. Well, I think also you have to. So much of a movie like this would rely on the charm of young actors that are like un- Which is unknown. Very so tough. like find yourself an eleven year old who has the charm of Wendy. That's a that's a Well, I think I think Rose is easier to cast than Wendy, right? And like it, it's yeah. less important to cast Wendy, but like it's harder to cast Wendy. It's way harder because she has to be uh great. I mean, I I don't she she's the emotional core of yeah. of of the book kind of. Like I think you mentioned eighth grade. Like I think an Elsie Fisher could be a pretty good Rose. You know, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, five or six, seven. Like before, eight before eighth grade, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's, but she's like, an adult now. But I don't know a, a Wendy. Like a Wendy feels like like an eighties like Goonies type character that 
is impossible to like. It feels you know like who, a I mean, kinda... I, like young Drew Barrymore could have done it because she was yeah. she was such a charming kid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's very there have been very few just because it's like you know acting is a job and who right. who like is good at a job when you're ten years old. Beethoven. Yeah. Exactly. There's only a couple. I will say on the topic of Drew Barrymore, I I rewatched E. T. for the first time in like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And then I rewatched Poltergeist, and I'm just like, good. E.T.'s so much better. It sure is. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. But isn't how charming is Drew Barrymore? She's in, the best. In e. And then what's his name? The 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 boy in that. Um, Elliot. Yeah. But what, that, that kid's like a child actor that stopped a couple years after that, too. But he's also very good. And and part of that is because Spielberg is, like, amazing at well, working with Spielberg kids. But Spielberg also wrote Poltergeist. And yeah. there's rumors that he, like, helped direct right. Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, like, there's something that just feels like he's remixing his own shit. Yeah, for sure. And they came out the same year. And then Drew Barrymore grew up to be a scab. And then she's like, just kidding. <laughs> and then the writer's like, fuck Yeah, she's, no, she's been charming. She's, I, I think she's, she's well, mostly, she's, she's mostly a charming person. Yeah. But the scab thing is a huge misstep. Get out of here, Drew. What's the matter with you? Solidarity forever. Email lottery at cageclub.me and keep reading. Yeah, today's crime is uh, littering on the beach, right? The diaper. How dare you? Like you ever seen like a, someone leave a diaper or something on the this beach? This is a public beach. Yeah, Clean yeah, up yeah. that diaper. Yeah, clean it up. Kiss me hard before you go Summertime sadness I just wanted you to know That baby, you're the best I got my red dress on tonight Dancing in the dark in the pale moonlight Throw my hair up real big beauty queen style